Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Is all the noble work of the Armstrong and Getty team in vain? No, no, it's not. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Mentioned earlier, 7,000 isn't the new 10,000, according to uh, The Lancet, which is one of your top medical journals in the entire world. How many steps you need to take a day? People have been saying 10,000 just because it's a good round number, just I think made up out of nowhere. But they've actually nailed it down. 7,000 is a big deal. If you regularly get three and you start getting 7,000 steps in a day, it cuts your mortality rate in half. Yikes. So I'm looking at mine for the day. What am I? I'm early into the day. All I've done is, you know, walk to my car and come to work. 1,200 steps. Walking back and forth to get coffee and such. 1,200 steps so far. So by the time I go to my car, I'll be at like at 1,500 End of the day, so I got 5,500 steps to fit in eventually. I'll get it. It's a start. Exactly. It's a start. So anyway, my uh, introduction to the podcast addressed the fact that the fellows came out of the shoes getting good audio together for the show today, and we we used a fair amount of it, but we didn't use a fair amount of it. So uh, why don't we clean out the sound fridge, huh? Clean out the sound fridge. That's right. There's music. There's a jingle. We got a jingle Uh, for that. uh, There it is again. Uh, Michael... Uh, the the first four clips, I, I'm scanning them. Did we play all that? Yeah, we played one. We played two. Uh, we didn't do three and four though. Or actually, you know, we just did. Uh, we just need to do number three. We did the rest of them. Okay, I guess Jimmy Kimmel and uh, and and uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, is everybody named Jimmy on late night TV? Uh, swapped their shows for April Fool's Day. Pretty good entertainment gag. classic. Pretty. I wonder yeah. how hard that was to pull off. I'm I'm actually surprised. Knowing what I know about media in the modern world, that with all the lawyers and agencies involved and bosses and 
this and that, that they were even able to pull it off between yeah, ABC th- and NBC. I thought the same thing. All right, clip number three then. It's Kimmel. You may have seen or heard Jimmy Fallon and I swapped shows for April Fool's. He came here. I went to New York. We didn't tell anyone. Very different scene over at 30 Rock. There's so much history in that building, too. Uh, we have none. I mean, like, over the Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Eddie Murphy, John Belushi, they all worked in that building. Our studio here in L.A. was a, a disco and a heroin needle exchange. <laughs> Theirs is Four Seasons. Ours is a Motel 6. Let's put it that way. They're Gucci. We are Baby Gap here. <laughs> they are a uh, filet mignon. We are a cold Arby's beef and cheddar sandwich. Uh, and that clip nine, Fallon, uh, should we play that one too? Same yeah, topic, here, here you go. Okay. Yeah. Hi, hi, I'm Jimmy. Please, please, please settle down. You're, you're going to offend the other Jimmy. Uh, happy April Fool's Day, everybody. I switched places with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, although, as far as surprises you've seen on ABC this week, this one's a distant second. Um, there you go, the slapping. I wonder how the audience was. They're probably okay with it, right? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Yeah. I I, and like you say, I like the spirit of it, you know, because, and Letterman's talked about this for all of his craziness. You know, once he got done, he thought, I spent all those years thinking it was so important. Right. I'm realizing yeah, it was an entertaining show and people enjoyed it, which is cool. It's nice. It was a good living and all. But all right, let's not you know get too up our although own if, uh, wazoos. <laughs> although if back in the day I finally got tickets to go see Letterman and it's Pat Sajak because it's April Fool's, I don't know. <laughs> For instance. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. Uh, I made a brief reference to the slap. And finally, this is, this is Jack's new theme. This is the, the cliched phrase, Denzel Washington has broken his silence or ended his silence about the uh, Will Smith slapping. Clip 10, Michael. For whatever reason, the devil got a hold of, that, of that circumstance. Fortunately, there were people there, not just me, but others in the gap. Tyler Perry came right immediately right over there with me. And, and I don't want to say what, what we talked about, but... Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of the situation, but uh, I know the only solution was prayer. I love that sort of stuff, whether you're religious or not. Just I think that whole mindset works so well. Your worst instincts, whether you call them, you know, the worst part of human nature or the devil or whatever, I'm not sure it makes any difference. Um, it, when you when you act certain ways, it's often when your pride and ego and everything has gotten out of control. Yeah, that's undeniably true, and that's that's some serious wisdom. It does have a bit of the feel of blaming somebody else, though. It was an evil spirit got to me. Ah. Uh, damn, I guess it, damn evil spirit. It depends on how you look at it, if you, yeah. if you feel like you're uh, in control of that or not. I would feel like when I allow my uh, worst instincts to take over and don't check them early, it's completely on me. It's a double-edged sword. Of course, every sword is double-edged, unless it's a saber, okay? It's a terrible cliche. Let's see. What else do we have? How about uh, a foil? That's the long, like a rod, but it's pointed at the end that they use right. for... That's yeah. what they think took off Van Gogh's ear. I just read that the other day. What? How? So, I'm surprised I'd never heard this before. Um, his this, this is already so gross. Go ahead. 
his it was his roommate or friend was uh, some expert fencer, and they got into an argument. And uh, they think maybe that that guy flipping his foil around sliced off Van Gogh's ear, and then Van Gogh being crazy, the way he handled it was uh, put it in a box and <laughs> give it to the <laughs> woman he had a crush on, which didn't exactly set her uh, set her on fire with love at the time. You can I you heard- imagine opening up that little package and it's a it's barely you can tell it's a just a little chunk of meat with blood on it. <laughs> well, and she was a working girl, right? Isn't that what they I say? Think, I think she was, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure she would have said, well, that's nice, Van Gogh, but you still got to pay. <laughs> Thanks for your ear. Yeah. Uh, you want a little politics up in this, uh, up in the, the hizzy? You're running the fridge. That's what we're doing. How about 20? Pete, boot edge, 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 they say, edge, edge. Even if all of the oil we use in the USA were made in the USA. The price of it is still subject to powers and dynamics outside of the USA, which means that until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, American citizens will still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now during Putin's war. And in 75 years, when technology that's still not even been imagined is usable, we'll achieve that, Pete. But until then, you're pitching unicorn crap. Yep. Boot edge edge. Yep. Sounds right, nice. Sir. Sounds nice, but it's undoable. Yeah. Yeah. What else? There was one more thing I knew I wanted to run. And then oh, that whole volatile price thing. Here's the other. So the other option right now between volatile oil prices is always high green energy, like insanely expensive green energy. It doesn't go down because it's so ineffective <laughs> so it's always really really expensive that, that that's your other option is that better yeah i have this essay that i haven't gotten to on the radio show yet about uh, the the current state of energy storage and how it's like one ten thousandth of what it needs to be to like uh, to store enough energy to get us through a single night i mean it's just crazy mm. and 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 people who generally think and write about this they have no idea of it they just they're spouting nonsense but more on that another day um we talked about the the ambush of andrew sullivan on the john stewart struggle session wokeathon all white people are evil garbage that john stewart is spouting we got a couple of clips let's play him real clip real quick rather here's a uh, john stewart in 55 michael For however sincerely we want to reckon and listen, the truth is America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black people have had to fight so hard for equality that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. You know, um, equity is 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 a lying, lying word. Uh, that that part was not so bad. Um, I don't like when he says America, though. Yeah, that's a very blanket statement. Yeah, there are other things he said that were much, much less defensible and just utterly ignorant and stupid. But anyway, here's Andrew Sullivan uh, pushing back on some of his claims. As if everything is already settled, we know this country is, for example, a white supremacy. Well, I don't believe that. I think it's possibly the, the most absurd hyperbole I've ever heard. I come from, I'm an immigrant, so I have a slightly different view of this. I can tell you, America, in 2022, 
is the most multiracial, multicultural, tolerant, diverse melting pot that has ever existed on planet Earth, and there is no other place on Earth even like it. That's why 86% of our immigrants are non-white. Excellent point from Andrew Sullivan, who's brilliant, by the way. Among um, many, yeah. Uh, uh, the, always left out of the conversation about us being uh, not having enough equity between the races and everything like it. Show me, show me the country where they have all the different races in the country that are uh, treated equally. Which which country is that again? Or, or tribes or ethnic minorities or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and explain to the millions of people of color around the world who are desperate to come to the country. And when they get here, they kick ass. Yeah. Explain to them yeah. again how they don't get a chance. They're Johnny Stewart. Ridiculous. So, um, and what your kid may be uh, getting taught in school right as we speak. You know, I got to have one more. uh one more light thing, please. Michael, you choose. What do we have that's amusing or lighthearted to end with? Got a guy that found a, sa- a snake in his couch. The old snake in the couch. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. You sit on the couch you're thinking I'm going to relax. All of a sudden, whoa, a snake. I mean, it happens to all of us, right? Go ahead. This guy calls me. He's pretty frantic. He's like, there's a snake in my couch. I literally lift the cushion, and there this giant seven-foot Vietnamese blue beauty rat snake is just coiled up. Right behind the cushion. You would be more lucky to find a Rolex sitting on the ground than you would a snake like this. Wow, wait a minute. There's got to be more to that story. Those, Dude's, uh, those are my options? A Rolex or a seven-foot whatever that was snake? You know, I hate to be unimaginative, but I'll take the watch. <laughs> uh, snakes oog me out. I actually got a little shiver listening to that. It's, it's funny how we're, you know you have no control over what things oog you out, I don't think. Or does it go back to something not, in your not childhood? Much. Do you go, yeah. Does it go back to something in your childhood there, Freud? Is that why you feel that way? Like, spiders don't bother me in the least. I have zero fe- I have no more feeling about a spider than I have about a cockroach or any other bug. Oh, there's one. I'll, I'll kill it. Um, but I know people who just, ah! Snakes? I can't stand rodents, like mm-hmm. a rat or anything like that. Huh, they don't really mm-hmm. bother me either. But snakes, and I don't go, ah, but they oog me out. They definitely oog me out. Some way they slither in their tongues, ah. Boy, I got my next uh, Thanksgiving pranks ready to go. I got like uh, two dozen rats for Michael. Let them loose in the control room. Get a big snake. For Jack, a big old snake. Maybe a seven-foot Vietnamese blue beauty rat snake, which I committed to memory as the guy said it because I've never heard of them. He was excited. Obviously, that's a that's a find for him. Yeah, I would probably scream like a child if I... Something under the cushion. I pull up the cushion and see that no, big snake. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. For some reason, that, that you playing it out like that gave me the, the, the uber willies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Are they poisonous? Probably not. I don't know. My son's got a spider thing, and I, I don't know how to. I suppose I got a fear factor him to get it over it, because sometimes he's he's going to get older. He's going to have to take care of spiders, girlfriend or wife or whatever. I'm, a, I'm big into traditional gender roles. So to get him over this, I'm going to have to put him in like a box with spiders until he's over. Oh, it. I, oh, don't, I don't really don't see any other way. Oh, I think that'll be 100 percent successful. Yes. <laughs> Great idea. Oh, my. You get me shrinking when you see a spider. You just can't. <laughs> well. I guess the fridge is clean. Still a little thing of mustard. (laughs) That's enough.